Hare Krishna. A warm welcome to all of you for today's Gita Live session. We have a very interesting topic today. It is to do with temptations. And the topic is dealing with temptations. All of us invariably get tempted. More so in present day world where there are so many distractions, so many allurements, so many sense objects all around us, alluring us with uh, so many channels, with so many opportunities to see, to hear, to touch, to eat. We all get tempted day in and day out. So today's session we'll talk about temptations, why we have to exercise restraint, why we have to control and what are the different things we can do to effectively resist temptations. More so when we are convinced that it is not in our self-interest. So before we get into the discussions, let us start with prayers. Request all of you to kindly fold your hands. You can join me in offering these prayers together. And uh, immediately after the prayers, we will get into the discussion. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Nitinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyateshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shiva Sadi Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauratushe Namaha Namo Brahmane Devaya Go Brahmane Hitayacha Jagadhitaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Namaha E Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanchan Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Tanamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayevacha Patitanam Bhavne Bhyo Vaishnave Bhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 
कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे एस वी हैव बिन डूइंग इन आर प्रीवियस सेशंस वी विल ब्रॉडली कैटेगराइज आर डिस्कशन इनटू थ्री पार्ट्स थ्री प्रिंसिपल्स सो दैट इट इज इजी फॉर अस टू एसिमिलेट and also we remember what we have discussed so the first point which i would like to emphasize which is very very important as far as dealing with temptations is concerned the first point is beware the mind tricks i repeat beware the mind tricks in the previous session i had shared with you an analogy of a chariot driven by five horses in which the five horses represent our five senses the reins which control the horses represents our mind the chariot driver represents our intelligence and the passenger who is sitting in the chariot represents the soul now we also discussed that how in normal circumstances the flow of command is from the passenger to the driver to the horses or to the steering wheel and then the vehicle drives in the direction in which the passenger wants to go but in present circumstances with uncontrolled mind and uncontrolled senses the flow of command is in the reverse direction it is the mind it is the senses which is dictating us and the bewildered soul is completely lost not knowing where he is heading actually that is a predicament of most of the people in present day circumstances so today the first principle we are covering is beware the mind cheats now as i mentioned the senses are untamed they are going berserk just visualize you are in a chariot driven by horses all the horses are not tamed are all unruly each one trying to pull in different direction the chariot will wobble it can skid off the road and can meet with accident and i'm sure the passenger who is seated in that chariot will be completely bewildered and panic stricken so our scriptures say that mind if it is controlled is our best friend but the same mind if it is uncontrolled is our worst enemy what is spirituality spirituality is all about how we control our mind how we control our senses how we control our urges so that we can focus our mind on the supreme on the lord so mind is not bad but mind if it is untamed if it falls prey to all kinds of temptations and allurements 
it can completely take us away from the ultimate goal of human form of life. That's why in Vedic times, from the very beginning, the first ashrama, the first 25 years was spent on training, controlling the mind, controlling the senses. And many times, as I talked about, the principle is beware the mind tricks. The mind at times makes plans, although yes, we know that I should not be doing something, I should not be eating something, I am convinced, but still the mind will trick and we may fall prey to such allurements. One time, a father told his son, Beta, do not go to that canal to swim because that canal had the huge currents, the current of water was quite high and the father warned the child, do not go to that canal to swim. There was a danger there. The child was quite obedient in the sense that he agreed in principle. He said, yes, father, I will not go. But one day, the father noticed the son came back home completely drenched in the swimming trunks. The water was dripping from his body. Quite obvious he had gone to the canal to swim. So the father asked the child, I told you not to go to the canal for swimming. Why did you go? So the child replied apologetically, Father, I was in the swimming trunks next to the canal. I got tempted. It is quite obvious now you are in a swimming trunk, canal is there, fresh water. Obviously, you will get tempted. So he said, I was in the swimming trunks next to the canal and I got tempted. So I just took a dip. So father said, but why did you go to the canal with swimming trunks? So the child innocently replied, I went to the canal with swimming trunks so that in case, in case, in case I get tempted, I could take a swim. See how the mind tricks? Although father has told him not to go, but he has gone to canal with the swimming trunks, obviously he will get tempted. So many times we know that I should not be doing something, I should not be eating something, but we create circumstances or rather we get into some circumstances at times intentionally where we will get tempted and we fall for it. So mind is in that sense cheats us. So we have to be beware. Rishabhadev, who is the father of Bharat Maharaj, this is in Srimad Bhagavatam. This India is also called Bharat Varsh, and the name is also on the king Bharat Maharaj. So Bharat Maharaj has been advised by Rishabhadev, Nayam Deho Deha Bhajan Niriloke. For one who has taken birth as a human being, 
कष्टान कामान अर्हते विदुजाम ये वी शुड नॉट अनरिस्ट्रिक्टेडली डेबल इन सेंस ग्रेटिफिकेशन इन अदर वर्ड्स द सेंसेस आर गेटिंग एल्योर्ड we have various temptations and we fall for it and just enjoy our senses so he says we should not fall for it in other words we should restrain regulate kashtan kaman arhate vidbhujan and this sense gratification tempt, temptation for sense objects this is there in all the species of life temptations are there even in animal life and they fall for temptations and they enjoy and what is human life meant for so rishabh dev says tapo divyam shudhyet brahma saukhyam tu anantam human form of life is meant for tapo divyam for restraint for control now somebody may say why control if something is pleasurable if something gives me pleasure let's say if a person who is very fond of smoking or is addicted to smoking it gives him pleasure why should he restrain why should he stay away from it so rishabh dev says tapo divyam when we restrain our senses when we undergo some austerity when we undergo some penance like for example today is ekadashi many devotees are fasting it is not that there is shortage of food but it is tapasya so what happens when we do tapasya tapo divyam shudhye we'll get purified our mind will get purified our consciousness will get purified tapo divyam shudhye we'll get purified and then what happens brahma saukhyam tu anantam and then and only then we have pure consciousness will be able to enjoy shuddhye will be able to get purified brahma saukhyam to anantam will be able to enjoy will be entitled to enjoy real pleasure spirituality is not about just giving up things spirituality is not against enjoyment but one needs to know the art and science of how to enjoy how to properly enjoy even the fish which gets tempted to the bait which is hanging on the hook gets tempted apparently it gets pleasure it gets momentarily some enjoyment but that very enjoyment becomes the cause of its death so maya sukhaya there are many sorts of happiness in this world which are very tempting but they entangle us they bind us and become the cause of our misery let's say in today's news we have been hearing that how the ncb has been cracking down on the drug racket so many famous bollywood actors and actresses have now been questioned and you know, they have even confessed they all are rich they can all enjoy parties they all have name fame enough of sense gratification but why are they going for drugs something is missing in their life that happiness what they are enjoying is not fulfilling 
They are not contented. So Rishabdev is saying, Brahma Saukyam to Anantam, you will enjoy real pleasure. And what is the nature of that pleasure? Nature of that pleasure is it's Anantam, it is unending. It is real pleasure, it satisfies the self and it is Anantam. It is not temporary, it completely satisfies the self and it is permanent in nature. So why we should restrain, why we should control, why we should try to resist the temptations? In animal form, we cannot resist. You throw a bone to a dog and say, no, today is Ekadashi. You can probably eat it tomorrow. The dog will not understand. Even if you speak in the language which dog understands. I'm sure the dogs communicate. Let's say a dog, probably who is quite wise. Maybe one who is full of wisdom. He cannot instruct a fellow dog. Today is Ekadashi. Better you eat the bone tomorrow. Even if wants to, he cannot. They act impulsively. Throw a bone, it acts impulsively. They don't have the developed intelligence to understand, to control, to introspect. It's not good for me. I should not do it. Now, in human form of life, we have got that intelligence to discriminate. Spiritual intelligence to understand what is good, what is bad. And hence, Rishabdev is saying, human form of life is meant for that. Tapo divyam shuddhyat, when we do this kind of tapasya, when we control our mind, control our senses, lead a principled life based on instructions of Krishna in the Gita, then shuddhyat will become purified. And when we get purified, what happens? We become entitled to enjoy real pleasure, point one. And the nature of that pleasure is anantam. It is unending. It is permanent. And it completely satisfies the self. Once there was a man who was going through a forest. And suddenly he found a tiger chasing him. And uh, just visualize the scenario, you're in a tiger uh, in the forest and the tiger suddenly comes in and starts chasing. I'm sure the tiger runs very fast, but the man has no option but to run. Although heart of heart, he knows that the tiger runs 10 times faster than him. So the man started running, trying to save his life. Fortunately, Obviously, he cannot run and save his life. Fortunately, he came across a tree and he quickly jumped on the tree and started climbing. And by the time the tiger reached the tree, he had almost climbed to safe distance. So he went and sat on the branch of a tree high enough that the tiger cannot leap and catch him. So he felt a sigh of relief. He was happy. But when he looked down, the tiger was watching him. Waiting when he will come down so that he can have a nice meal. Maybe the tiger was quite hungry that day. So the tiger is sitting patiently waiting 
for the man with his head up looking at the man waiting when he will come down when he'll fall from the tree so that he can have a nice feast and the man panic stricken with fear with anxiety is sitting on that branch of the tree and then this man noticed this branch of the tree at the corner of that branch at the end of the branch the end where the branch is connecting to the main trunk of the tree he saw that there are two rats two rats they are nibbling on the branch one rat he noticed carefully one rat was white in color and another rat was black in color and what they were doing they were not only nibbling on the branch trying to eat that branch maybe some kind of food for that rats and they were also moving in circle you know the branch is circular and they were moving around the branch nibbling on the branch so somehow the branch was you know once you eat that you know it is becoming little thinner so this person was again fearful because the rats are going in circle one white one black nibbling on the branch the branch is becoming thinner and he is sitting on the branch and below the tiger is sitting with his head up upwards looking at this man quite fearful situation while he was sitting there trembling in fear he looked up and he was quite hungry also because you know he was sitting there for quite some time he was quite hungry and when he looked up there was another branch on top of him tree was huge so another branch on top of him when he looked at that branch there was a honeycomb the beehive where and the honey bees were there and when he looked at that honeycomb he saw some honey was dripping from that honeycomb and since he was hungry he just put it hand in the front few drops of honey fell on the hand and he started licking and it was so tasty imagine a person who was quite hungry had not eaten in a fearful situation and then he has abundant supply of honey honey is dripping pure honey pure organic honey so he is having his hand outstretched honey is falling and he is licking again hand outstretched few honey drops fall again licks and he is completely mesmerized by the taste of that honey in fact become so absorbed in licking that honey enjoying that beautiful taste of that honey that sweet honey that he forgets that the branch on which he is sitting is being nibbled by two rats and any moment that branch can fall off and he becomes completely oblivious of the tiger who is sitting down waiting for him to come down so that he can have nice meal So now this story is very instructive. The two rats here represents the day and night. Daytime as we know we have light and nighttime is dark. 
So the black rat represents night and daytime is represented by white rat. So Kala, Mrityu Sarva Haras Chaham, Krishna says in the Gita, Kala, which comes in the form of day and night, cycle of day and night, cycle of day and night, it eats away our life. If today I am 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, Kala has nibbled 40 years of my life. 50 years of my life, it has nibbled. I am on a branch of a tree where half of the branch is nibbled. By what? Black rat and the white rat, which is represented by Kala, represented by day and night, which comes in a cyclic order. Today it's day, then comes night, then comes day, then comes night, then comes day, and that's how the Kala unfolds. It's away our life. Now what does that honeycomb represent with the honey dripping, which is so wonderful, so tasty, the man is completely enamored and completely absorbed in licking the honey. That honey represents the worldly pleasures, the various temptations, the various pleasurable objects which tempts us. We get so absorbed, we get so tempted, we get so allured. Bhogeshwarya prasakta nam tayaprita chetasam. Our intelligence is lost. We are bewildered. We forget that death is there. We forget that we have limited time. We forget that there is an ultimate purpose to life more than just eating, drinking, sleeping, and mating. Eat, drink, be merry, and enjoy life. There is some higher purpose. We forget that. We forget that. Kala is eating away my time. Death is inevitable. Very soon I have to leave this world. We get tempted with the sense object. We get enamored. We get allured and forget the harsh realities of life. We get allured, tempted with false relationships, which looks very pleasurable like honey. And forget that day and night Kala is eating away and I my, my life. My precious life with limited time what I have is, is getting over. So therefore it is very important that especially in human form of life all of us who are blessed with some spiritual understanding utilize our time very cautiously control our mind, control our senses not fall for temptations, not allow the mind to trick us every now and then. So the first principle is, may I request all of you can help me right on the live chat. The first principle is, let us see who gets it first. The first principle which we talked about is related to the mind. Beware the mind tricks. Neelam Gupta, Pushpak Krishnan, well done, and many more devotees can pen down. Beware the mind tricks. So we have to be beware. The mind, it is uncontrolled, it cheats. So we have to be cautious. Now we move to the second principle. While we are 
on the path of purification trying to control our mind control the senses and resist the temptations we have to remember this principle and the principle is please hear it carefully that which you resist persist i repeat that which you resist persist so now we have our senses we have our mind and we have plethora of sense objects all around us alluring us tempting us now we try to restrain at times suppress our feelings suppress our emotions suppress our urges and at times it can backfire yes we have to control scriptures are saying tapo divyam shuddhye brahma saukyam to anantam we have to control but many times we can control the wrong way that which we try to resist persist let us try one small exercise i'm sure all of us are at our place i'm literally asking each one of you try just try if your situation permits just get up from where you are seated right now maybe you're sitting right in front of your laptop in front of your tv screen you're watching this video just get up for a moment and maybe go to another room of your house again everyone's circumstances are unique get up from your seat and go to the adjacent room and come back after 2 minutes some of you can literally do this exercise before you get into this exercise let me just complete the instructions you can get up from your seat go to some adjacent room in your house but while you go to the adjacent room and come back to your seat after 2 minutes make sure you do not see anything which is green in color i repeat the exercise is you have to get up from your seat go to an adjacent room if possible get out of your house and come back in exact 2 minutes but while you do this exercise make sure make sure you do not see anything which is green in color some of you if you want to you can actually try it out you can actually get up from your seat and return back to your seat in a minute or so maybe go away from the room where you are currently seated and come back in a minute or two but make sure you do not see anything green in color so let us wait maybe who knows somebody would have actually done this exercise would have actually got up from the seat so let's wait for a minute or so those who are not participating in this exercise if you have any questions anything which you would like to clarify based on what we discussed feel free to ask we will have enough time today to answer the questions and in case some questions remain unanswered we will 
request you to put them in the comment section and we will reply to those questions. So, okay, here we are. I'm sure some people who have tried doing this exercise would be back on their seats. What happens is when we have an instruction that do not see anything green in color, we invariably end up noticing objects which are green in color, which otherwise we would have not noticed. Some of you will agree with what I am saying. If you have got up from your seat, gone to adjacent room, by the time you come back, although you are trying, I should not see green, I should not see green, all the objects which are green in color will actually stand up and you will notice them more than what you would have noticed even otherwise. So the principle is that which you resist persist. So that is not the right way of controlling temptation by resisting it, by suppressing those emotions, by suppressing those so-called inclinations and urges. No doubt control of urges has a place. So <clears throat> there's a saying, you cannot stop thinking about something by trying not to think about it. I repeat, you cannot stop thinking about something by trying not to think about it. I should not think about it. I should not think about it. I should not think about it. But you are indirectly thinking about that object. In fact, you're thinking more about that object. For a man who is, let's say, you know, invariably drawn to, I should not think about her. I should not think about her. I should not think about her. I should take her away from my mind. More you are thinking about that person. So that's not the process. And what happens is, short while, yes, when we suppress, when we restrain artificially from the sense objects, for a while, yes, we can restrain, but then the pressure builds up. Just like in a pressure cooker, the steam may not come out, but the steam is getting built up. And that's how pressure cooker has safety walls, so that at one point when the steam has really built up in the pressure cooker, it can actually ooze out. Imagine if the steam does not ooze out, there have been accidents where the pressure cooker bursts. Imagine the thick pressure cooker with such a thick metal body, it actually bursts, it blasts because the pressure has built up. So many times we make some very unreasonable rules. From today onwards, I will not eat sweets. From today onwards, I will not watch any woman. It's unreasonable. And when we make such resolves or resolutions, from today onwards, I will not do anything wrong. It's unreasonable. To err is human. So when we make unreasonable resolutions, then what happens is, we invariably today onwards from today onwards i will always get up at 3 30 a.m from today onwards i will resist the temptation when the alarm rings 
to snooze it and again go back to my bed. From today onwards, I will not do it. Mistakes will happen. Mind will trick. The first principle, beware the mind tricks. And what happens is if we have made unreasonable resolves, the mind tricks and then we lose confidence on our ourselves. We lose our self-esteem. Next time onwards, you know, we say I'm good for nothing. So many promises I have made, so many goals I have set. I'm not able to achieve anything. I'm an unsuccessful person. I'm a failure. I'm good for nothing. Such kind of thoughts starts coming in our mind. In fact, I've shared with all of you in one of the videos, there's something called as personal integrity account. The personal integrity, just like we have a bank account, whenever we deposit some money, there's a credit to our account. The bank balance increases. Whenever we withdraw some money from our bank, there is a debit entry in the bank account and the balance reduces. So we have something called as personal integrity account. Every time we make a resolve and we stick to that resolve, there's a there's a credit entry in that integrity account. Our self-esteem increases. And whenever we make a resolve, I will not see this. I will not do this. And if I fail in doing that, there's a debit entry and my bank balance, personal integrity account debits or gets reduced. So yes, we have to control our senses. We have to resist temptations. There is no doubt about it. Our scriptures are saying human form of life is meant for controlling the urges. Human form of life is meant for tapo devyam. Is meant for controlling the mind so that we can focus that mind on Krishna, on the Lord, on self-realization. So this is not the right way. Krishna also in the Bhagavad Gita says, Raso Varjam Raso Pyasya Param Drishtva Nivartate. The verse starts that this sense control, if we do that, the sense control, if we try to do artificially, it is very, very unpleasant for a conditioned soul. And when a person experiences a higher taste automatically taste for lower things pales off. This is a verse in the Bhagavad Gita. So <clears throat> Maya who will tempt us with various temptations. This is Maya's job to tempt us, to test us with various allurements, with various temptations. Maya will give us two suggestions while the temptations come. First thing is the temptation, the Maya will, will prompt in our ears one time. Ek bar ki baat hai. Ek bar kar lo. I remember when I was in college, second year, you know, in the college, you have a lot of freedom. Uh, you know, you have friend circles, you're staying in a hostel. And uh, many people start smoking, they start drinking because you, know, you have that freedom and you have become adult. So you enjoy. So the friends would tempt me in many, many parties, in many, many gatherings. Ek bar, ek bar lelo. 
Just try one time smoking or drinking. Just one time. And at times it looks very, you know, ek bar kya baat hai? so what? Mind will also cheat. So what? One time. In fact, many people who start drinking, they think that I'm not going to be a drunkard. I'm not going to be an alcoholic. I'll just take once. Or once in a while in a party I will take. So somebody asked me this question. What's wrong in taking once in a while? What's wrong in drinking once in a while? The wrong is, the mistake is, the trap is, that all the drunkards you see in this world, all the alcoholics you see in this world, they all started once. Thinking that, what's wrong if we drink once in a while? What happens is, we invariably, many a times, cross the limit. All the drunkards in this world, all the alcoholics, all the families which have got broken because of alcohol, all the accidents which have happened because of drunk driving, they all thought there's nothing wrong if we start and drink once in a while. So that is Maya's suggestion number one. Maya's suggestion number two is that any way you have now started, so what? Any way you have broken this principle, any way you have now eaten, so what? Leave it. That is Maya's trap number two. We first get tempted one time kya chalta hai kya jata hai ek baat ek ki baat hai so that is suggestion number one from maya and second is we break a principle and then maya says anyway it is broken anyway up to ho gaya so what anyway indulge enjoy so these are the two traps and the principle is that which you try to resist persist we also shared with you in the last video about four stages of growth Hopeless defeat, struggle and defeat, struggle and victory, and effortless victory. So while we are trying to control our senses and resist the temptation, we will go through these four stages. And now we come to the third principle. Before we talk about the third principle, I request the devotees to put in the live chat the second principle we learned. Uh, I request all of you to type it out in the live chat. The second principle is that which we resist persist. So here we have, let's see who gets it first. Deepak Vichare, Sanjay Tank, Sindhu, Anand Bhardwaj, Pushpa Krishna, Nashwin, Srinivasan, Lakshmi, Shiva Kumar, Amitabh, Srivastava, well done. So this brings us to the third principle and the third principle is experience higher taste now what is the right way of controlling the temptations it is not by suppression it is not by repression it is not by forcing ourselves restraining ourselves on one side the senses are wanting the some objects and we are artificially trying to listen nahi karenge nahi karenge that doesn't stay for last it is very difficult for an embodied soul to control the senses this way. Raso varjam raso param nivartate. So Krishna is saying, this brings us to the third principle, experiencing higher taste. 
That is what spirituality is all about. Spirituality is not about repression. Spirituality is not about suppression. Spirituality is not about, you know, complete willpower. You control mainly because of willpower. Spirituality involves experiencing a higher taste. Raso varjam, raso param drishtva nivartate. Once there was a very exalted devotee. He is also called Namacharya and his name is Haridas Thakur. He was actually born in a Mohammedan family, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu called him Namacharya because throughout the day, just you know, with little time for eating and maybe a little bit of sleeping, throughout the day, 18 hours, 19 hours in a day, he would be chanting the holy names of the Lord. Although he was born in a Mohammedan family, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu called him Namacharya. Because the soul is not Mohammedan, soul is not Hindu, the soul is not Indian, the soul is not American. These are all designations of the body. Just like a doctor, heart surgeon, doesn't matter whether he's a Christian or a Hindu or something, so long as he knows how to do surgery, we'll get it done. So anybody who knows the science of God, anybody who is attached to the Lord, anyone who has developed his love for the Lord, he is a devotee of the Lord. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu called Haridas Thakur Namacharya. So he would chant practically 18 hours, 19 hours in a day. Just a couple of hours he would sleep and take care of her bodily needs. Rest, balance, all the time he would be chanting the names of the Lord. He was staying in Jagannath Puri. So some people became envious of him. Ramachandra Khan, he was again a Muslim and he got uh, really jealous that how can he being a Mohammedan, you know, take up chanting of Hare Krishna mantra. So what he did was he hired a prostitute. A very good looking, beautiful, young prostitute. And this Haridas Thakur would be sitting in his you know, small, you can call it a cave, a small kutia. And he would be throughout the day chanting the names of Krishna. So this Ramachandra Khan hired this prostitute, sent this young prostitute, good-looking, beautiful prostitute to somehow go and allure and tempt Haridas Thakur. And in middle of night, Imagine Haridas Thakur, as I told, 18 hours, dead of the night, he was chanting the names of Krishna. This prostitute comes and uh, tells, you know, stands by the door of that place where Haridas was staying. Haridas was busy chanting the names of Krishna and she is standing, alluring Haridas Thakur to enjoy with her. You know, you can stand in a particular pose. And you know, with your clothes dressed in a particular way to allure. So this prostitute was standing, alluring Haridas Thakur. Haridas Thakur understood. Sometimes people think that devotees are naive; they don't understand things. They don't understand. So he understood. He understood the motive why she has come. And in Vedic times, generally when a guest comes home, you invite the guest. You know, it's a courtesy, it's an etiquette. 
So she, so Haridas Thakur, knowing that she has come, she's a guest, just invited her inside the house. She said, please come, you're my guest. Tell me what can I do for you? What can I, how can I help you? So she was quite upfront. She clearly openly told that, no, you are young. I am young. It's dead of night. Why don't we enjoy? Naharidas Thakur said that you are my guest. I cannot deny. Guest Atito, you know, Devo Bhava is like a like a Devata. So I will definitely fulfill your wish, but please, I have a request. I have taken a vow that I will not engage in any activity till I complete my daily quota of chanting. I have taken a vow, I have taken a pledge. Can you please wait for a while? Let me complete my chanting. And once my chanting is over, then I can definitely fulfill your wish and we can enjoy. So the prostitute was quite happy. After all, what does it matter if you know she has to wait for a couple of hours and then her job is done and Ramachandra Khan would, you know, would give him a lot of money for the work she has done. So she waited and uh, it was late in the night and uh, she was waiting patiently and Haridas Thakur was completely immersed in chanting the names of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna with lot of devotion, with lot of feelings, completely immersed in chanting the names of Krishna. And mind you, this lady is standing just, you know, in that same house, waiting when this chanting will get over and then she can enjoy and her mission is accomplished. The whole night passed by and at the time of dawn in the morning, Haridas Thakur apologized to that lady. I'm so sorry. I got delayed today. I could not finish my chanting. I had taken this vow. I could not interrupt in between. It's too late for you. I'm apologizing that I made you wait for so long. Kindly go back. If you don't mind, you can come the next day and I'm sure I will fulfill your wish. So the same thing happened the next night. This prostitute came very eagerly and then as soon as she came, she was welcomed. And then again, Haridas Thakur said, I have taken this vow. What to do? I somehow get delayed. I cannot break that vow also. On one side, yes, I cannot deny you also. Kindly wait. Let me finish this chanting. To cut the story short, again, the whole night he was chanting and this prostitute was waiting. And again in the morning, Haridas Thakur apologized. I'm so sorry I made you wait for so long. But what to do? I've taken this vow. I cannot break this vow also. Again, she went back. Again, Haridas Thakur said, can you please, if you don't mind, come again. The third night, she again came because she was promised a big sum of money by Ramachandra Khan and was quite alluring for that lady. All she had to do is just tempt this Haridas Thakur into this, uh, you know, sinful act. So third night, she was again waiting and Haridas also said, let me complete my chanting. And she was waiting. While she was waiting, she was all along the first night, the second night, she was hearing Haridas Thakur chanting. And slowly there was a transformation of heart. When she's hearing 
Haridas Thakur chanting with so much of love, so much of devotion, so much of commitment, so much of immersion in the holy name of the Lord and not getting tempted, enjoying that higher taste. Had she gone to any other place, she also has an experience. After all, she is a professional prostitute. She knows that how people are so gullible. They all fall for the flesh. Here there is a person who is so pure, so immersed in chanting the names of Krishna that right there, dead of night, she is inviting. He is young and there's all opportunity to enjoy. The person is immersed, chanting the names of and not getting allured, not getting tempted. So she was so moved. So moved by the character of Haridas Thakur. So moved by the pure chanting what he was doing. She came and fell at the feet of Haridas Thakur. And said, please pardon me. I beg forgiveness. I was promised a big sum of money by Ramachandra Khan. Who gave me this assignment that I can somehow go and allure you, tempt you. But I surrender to you. Your purity has touched my heart. And then Haridas Thakur gave this prostitute the beads and also instructed her to chant the names of Krishna. And she also becomes a devotee of Krishna. So this is the meaning of experiencing higher taste which Krishna is talking about in the Bhagavad Gita. Raso Varjam Raso Piyasya Param Drishtva Nivartate If we have to regulate our senses and avoid different temptations, we have no option but to pursue a path, tread a path where we experience a higher taste. And when we experience a higher taste, the taste for lower things will pale off. If you remember, I had shared with you when I used to go on vacation, my niece, uh, my cousin would be waiting for me and would be going together and enjoy a lot of street food. And when I became a devotee, started practicing Krishna consciousness. No. I lost taste. In fact, lost taste of anything which is cooked outside. We call it bhoga. So we don't eat. So it is not that when we are going, every time we are trying to restrain, control, not get tempted and every time it's a struggle. No, the struggle is gone. That is out of question. You take any one of us to a sweet meat shop or a nice shop with all kinds of eatable. There won't be any distraction. It's out of question. Again, Maya is very strong. Humbly, I am saying that yes, it is out of question. Raso Varjam Raso Piyasya Param Nivartate. So, if we have to restrain ourselves from the temptations, we have to practice spiritual principles like chanting the names of Krishna, like reading Bhagavad Gita, like associating with the devotees. Like participating in satsang, like chanting the names of Krishna, participating in kirtans. By this what happens is we experience a higher taste and automatically our taste for lower things will pale off. Then we don't have to struggle. While we are doing this, while we are treading this path, yes, mistakes will happen. I shared with all of you last time, hopeless defeat, struggle and defeat. Yeah, we are struggling to practice the principles, but all of a sudden we cannot purify all of a sudden, we cannot develop a higher taste. All of a sudden, we cannot become a graduate. A person goes through first standard, second standard, third standard, fourth standard, and then he becomes undergraduate, then graduate. 
So likewise, while we are treading this path, mistakes will happen. We will get tempted. We will fall down. But we again get up, again struggle, again follow. But while we are trying to resist the temptation, we also stronging, strongly catching on to the holy name of the Lord. Strongly catching on to the instructions of Krishna in the Gita. Not just by willpower. Not just by sheer determination we can resist. So the third principle is experience higher taste. I request the devotees if you can help me type out all the three principles which we learned today. First principle was related to mind. Let us see who can get all the three principles typed together first. First principle, the third principle, yes, experiencing a higher taste. We have experienced higher taste. All the three principles together. Yes, Lakshmi, beware the mind tricks. Neelam Gupta, Lakshmi, Devaki Talwar, Anand Bhardwaj, beware the mind tricks. That what you resist, persist and experience higher taste. Not by artificial restraint, we will win the battle. Temptations will be there. Yes, we can make some results. But the lasting solution is we have to pursue spiritual path very sincerely. Follow the principles very rigidly. Chant the names of Krishna purely. Then when we experience a higher taste, automatically the temptations, the lower taste, will fall off. So we'll take up some questions. Uh, this question is from Lakshmi. My mind drives away towards lust, karma by temptation instead of knowing the higher taste. Please guide how to overcome from this with immediate effect. Uh, with immediate effect cannot be promised. As I mentioned earlier, higher taste to develop takes time. Can I immediate effect become a graduate? Answer is no. I have to go step by step, follow the process and yes, a day will come and I will graduate. So likewise, if we are very, if we want to resist the temptation, not fall for lusty desires, all what we have to do is very sincerely, diligently, intensely practice the process, sadhana process chanting the names of Krishna, reading the Bhagavad Gita, very, very regular in satsang, not miss opportunities for satsang. When we tread this path, for sure Krishna will help us. We will develop higher taste and we will experience uh, victory over our senses. This question is from Vinayak Churasiya. I am pursuing call center job, work from home, BPO job. I should pursue it or not, do not. Or, the, or quit the job, no option now for me. Obviously, if you don't have option, you have to work for it, but keep trying and see if you can get a better option. This question is from Deepak Chaudhary. When we chant, how to take away the thoughts? Can we concentrate on something, say Krishna's photo or Rama's photo? Can we chant Rama, Rama, Rama or say Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva instead of Hare Krishna Mahamantra? 
There are many bona fide authorized mantras in our scriptures like Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya or chanting of the Om Pranava Omkara. Krishna also says in the Bhagavad Gita. But in Kali Yuga, in Kali, particularly in this age, the Hare Krishna Mahamantra is specifically recommended. Nata Parutra Upaya Sarva Vedeshu Drishyate. If you search all the Vedic literatures, you will not find a better solution. Iti Shodashaka Nam Nam Kali Kalmashanashanam. This 16 names of Lord, which is the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, will destroy all the ill effects of the age of Kali. Like, for example, in a medical shop, there are many medicines to boost immunity. But if you go to a doctor, the doctor seeing your mind body system may prescribe a particular medicine to boost your immunity or maybe to cure your disease. So, likewise, our Shastra specifically mentions Kali Santana Upanishad mentions this Hare Krishna Mahamantra for this age of Kali. So, it is best if we can chant this mantra, although there is no harm in chanting other mantras. And how can we? Concentrate. I had recommended last time also. Fortunately, we are living in a technological age where we have access to even satsang. Madhu Pandit Prabhu has been taking a lot of sessions on japa, on chanting. The videos are there on YouTube. If you find time, go through those videos. You will find a lot of wonderful insights how you can go about improving your chanting quality. Can I see Krishna's photo or Rama's photo while chanting? The best is we can focus our mind on hearing because with the understanding that the name of the Lord is Lord himself. Just like the photo of the Lord is, the, is Lord, we have that faith. So likewise, the sound what we are pronouncing is also the Lord. So we can focus our attention on hearing and chanting attentively. This question is from Prakar Shauri. Prabhupada says when we are coming in contact with material objects again and again our consciousness gets polluted but these objects are also material energy of the Lord. Yes, Krishna says Maya is Krishna's energy but Krishna also says that how we should not get tempted. Control your senses. Everything is energy of the Lord. Even Maya is energy of the Lord. And Krishna is saying that how we should regulate our senses. Although this material energy, sense objects are Krishna's energy, but for our self-interest, for our spiritual development, for our association with the Lord, the Lord is instructing that we should control our senses. This question is from Archie. What is the difference between mind and intelligence? How does inter intelligence interact with thoughts or controls the mind? In fact, we are planning a full session on mind. In next two or three weeks, we will be having this session. I will not be able to do justice to this question because we are left with about five to eight minutes. So we will cover in detail in that session, which will talk about mind, talk about intelligence and how they are different. The next question is from Shivani Agarwal. I want to control my tongue but can't resist how to deal with it. I think I have answered this question towards the later part of the video that we can strive for higher taste. How do we develop higher taste? By chanting the names of Krishna. To control the tongue, 
a very simple process Prabhupada has recommended is make a resolve that you will eat only food which is offered to Krishna. These days people do a lot of snacking and more so, you know, you know, a lot of different options we have in the market. You have all kinds of biscuits, all kinds of, you know, uh, namkeens and all that. So we get tempted. So make a resolve. I will not eat anything which is not offered to the Lord, which is not prasadam of the Lord. So automatically the tongue will get controlled. Uh, another question from Archie. Uh, I'll just take it a little later. This question is from Lakshmi Kant. How Gajendra offered prayers in elephant form in which language and who was there to record? Frankly speaking, this question uh, I will not be able to answer. I don't have an answer immediately. I'll have to think a little bit. I don't have an answer, so I'll not be able to give an answer immediately. Uh, question is from Archie. Could the offensive thought create sin-like sinful actions or sinful offensive thoughts forgiven automatically? Only sinful actions are counted. Very good question. In fact, before we act, there is a feeling. And before that feeling, there is a thought. Thinking, feeling and willing. Even if a person is acting lustily before that there is a feeling and before that there is a thought the other day we were talking about the nirbhaya case you know these people acted that abominable act the rape but before that there was a feeling and before that there was a thinking the thoughts came they schemed they planned they felt for it strongly and then they acted so in the previous yugas, it is said that even if we think sinful thoughts, we were having a reaction for such sinful thinking or sinful thoughts. But in Kali Yuga, if we were to get reactions for all the sinful thoughts, then all of us are gone case. There is no hope for us. So it is said that in Kali Yuga, especially in this age, because all of us are so fallen, if we think sinful thoughts, there is no sinful reaction. It's a concession given. Only when those sinful thoughts materialize in action, then we are actually incurring sin and there will be a reaction. So that way I think the concession is there in Kali Yuga because our minds are all very uncontrolled, untamed. So all kinds of thoughts will keep popping in. So only if we translate those thoughts into action, we actually have a reaction. When we chant and hear the Mahamantra, our mind and intelligence is engaged. How does the soul partake in the process? This attention energy is an energy of the soul. A dead man does not have attention. Dead man may have brain, but he is not conscious. So when we are chanting and hearing attentively, when we are giving our attention, our doing attention, our knowing attention, it's an energy of the soul. The soul is also participating in the process. The soul is also contacting the Lord who has come in the form of holy name and getting purified. That's why it is recommended for this age. The soul can no way get purified 
The Lord is coming in the form of various incarnations, the deity incarnation, the holy name and various other incarnations. And the soul when it touches or contacts such incarnation of the Lord, the Lord who is all pure, who is reservoir of Satchit Ananda, the soul also gets purified. So we have this wonderful opportunity to chant the names of Krishna, experience the higher taste and get purified. This question is from Chaturya Reddy. Can one reach Godhead by chanting, following regulative principles and thinking of him all the time, even if we are not initiated by a spiritual master? If we are chanting all the time, if we are following the regulative principles sincerely, Krishna who is there in our heart will inspire us and take us to a bona fide spiritual master. It is difficult to approach Lord directly, but the Lord who is pleased with our spiritual efforts will direct us. From me comes knowledge, remembrance and forgetfulness. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, so Krishna will inspire us, motivate us, direct us and take us to a bona fide spiritual master so that we can rapidly progress towards our goal, which is to go back to Godhead. This question is from Krishna Chaitanya. How to overcome fear of something bad happens to me? We all go through situations which are fearful. We go through anxieties. Krishna is also called Abhaya. Just like Prabhupada's name, Abhaya Charanade. Because we can achieve fearlessness if we take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. It is said that Bhir Api Yad Bhibeti. Fear personified is fearful of Krishna. Just like you have Kali Purusha, personification of Kali Yuga. Likewise, fear personified. Bhir api yad bhiveti. Bhiveti means is fearful of Krishna. So if we are fearful, we can take shelter of Krishna. And how do we take shelter of Krishna? By chanting the names of Krishna. So if we are in a situation where it's very fearful or we are in anxiety, we can take shelter of Krishna by chanting his holy names. But mind you, we should not use Krishna just as a you know, solution to our problems. When we are fearful, when we are anxiety, we take the names of Krishna. And in fact, we should develop a positive relationship with Krishna proactively, not only when we are in trouble. This question is from Kushagra Kumar. The sense of false ego and superiority complex covers the mind and heart when we start chanting. How to overcome it? See, we all have many anarthas. What is anartha? All the wrong perceptions, wrong habits, wrong understanding, wrong conceptions, wrong opinions. We have many of such wrong anarthas in our mind-body system. We do not practice spirituality only after we have got freed from all anarthas. In fact, when we tread this path, one of the stage which we will go through is called anartha nivriti. Adhau shraddha tata sadhu sangha. When we do sadhu sangha, we will get inspired for bhajan kriya. Adho Sangha Bhajan Kriya. The next stage is Anartha Nivriti. 
all the anarthas, the ego, jealousy, kama, krodha, moha, lobha, all these anarthas which are covering the soul. The soul is pure. But we are covered with all the anarthas, all the misgiving, all the wrong conceptions, all the wrong ideas. I am the body. I am the enjoyer. I am the well-wisher of everyone. So when we practice spirituality sincerely, anartha nivritti will happen. How fast will that happen? Depends how sincerely, how intensely we follow. If I want to sweeten the cup of milk, how much can I sweeten? Depends how many spoons of sugar I add. If you add one spoon, it will be sweet. If you add two spoons, it will be sweeter. If you add four spoons, it will be much more sweeter. So you can chant one round. You can chant four rounds. You can chant 16 rounds. You can follow one of the four principles, regulative principles. You can follow all the four regulative principles. You can follow once in a while. You can follow diligently all the time. A lot depends on us. Krishna has given us the free will. If we use our free will to sincerely, intensely, diligently follow the process, anartha nivritti will happen very fast, very quickly. Prabhupada says, if you follow the principles in one lifetime, I guarantee that you can go back to Godhead. You can go purify all the anarthas are gone, develop our attachment to Krishna, our love for God and get qualified to go back to our original home kingdom of God.